Welcome to Fringe Element War Against the Spread, week number 10 edition here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen Lassen. You can follow me on Twitter at Athlon Stephen, and you can check out my work at AthlonSports.com and on YouTube, all CFB365. Make sure you turn on the notifications for the YouTube. If you're listening to this in podcast form, you get it a day earlier on the YouTube page. So go check it out on Thursdays on the YouTube page. Turn on the notifications and follow all of the things that Steven does. Because right now, four and one last week, I went two and three. You are 15 and seven in your last four weeks in the SEC. You are you are just scorching hot. 37, 29 and one on the season in the SEC. You are almost 10 games over 500, which is ridiculous. You are just smoldering hot. Uh, you are like Hendon Hooker's Tennessee offense, 15-7 and seven in the last four weeks. You have had a winning record in four consecutive weeks. You've won at least four games three times. You are crushing it. I am 32-34-1. Not crushing it is the definition. Uh, got a lot of games to get to this week, so we're going to move quickly. However, Fringe Element is brought to you by J.E. Dunn, our our great friends at J.E. Dunn. That's right. If you're looking for a career change, jdunn.com. You don't need any experience. It's all about culture. It's all about people. It's all about caring about the people that work inside your business for your company. A happy, healthy employee is a productive employee. That's why J.E. Dunn has been voted a top 100 healthiest place to work in the United States. You do not need any experience in construction. They're a $5 billion industry. They've got offices all across the country, in particular the Southeast, where you guys are all listening. So just if you're feeling like you need a change or just interested in perusing what options are out there for you, make sure you go to jedunn.com. Just see what they've got. I guarantee you they've got something for you. The offices here in Nashville have like video games and record players and like a five-star kitchen and like two green egg grills on the roof that overlooks downtown Nashville. It's just stupid how awesome their offices are. Go check them out, jedunn.com. All right, let's put that record to the test, my man, Stephen Lassen, here on Picks Against the Spread, SEC Week Number 10, Fringe Element. Kentucky-Missouri, always a very strange game, always a very close game, and the number has shifted and is down to a pick at the time of taping. So, Stephen, where are you going? Taking Kentucky here, Braden. Um, obviously, it's an important game for Kentucky to rebound after last week when they lost at Tennessee, a pretty poor offensive performance. You know, Mark Stoops is kind of putting the pressure on Scan Grinello and the offensive staff to get things fixed this week. Th- something to watch, though. Missouri has been very good at getting tackles for loss, generating havoc at the line of scrimmage. So the way that Kentucky's had issues with blocking and the offensive line, Missouri could really uh, kind of, you know, give Kentucky a lot of trouble there. So I think it's it's a good opportunity for Missouri at home to maybe win and try to get closer to bowl eligibility. But if I trust one quarterback in this game to make one play, it's Will Levis. So I think Kentucky's defense and Will Levis finds a way to win. And in a pick em, that's what you got to go with. So oh, well, I'll but, take Kentucky. But Will Levis is so tough, though. It doesn't matter if he holds the ball too long or makes bad decisions. He's just so he's just such a tough guy. Like, that's all that NFL scouts care about is how tough he is. Um, I, I, Missouri's defensive front has been – it's a total 180 from where it was last year, where you could just you know run for 300 yards on them. They did a great job against South Carolina, stopping the run. I think South Carolina had 30-something yards rushing last week. Uh, this is a dangerous matchup for Kentucky. Missouri's playing with a lot of confidence. They should have beaten Auburn earlier, in which they also stopped Tank Bigsby from running the football. I'm going Kentucky, though, because it's just uh, like it, Missouri and Kentucky is a pick em? What? What are we talking about? It's just so weird. College football, baby. Uh, Florida at Texas A&M. This was a game to decide a playoff spot <laughs> like a couple years ago. 
and now you've got Texas A&M at home, four consecutive losses. Now two games under 500, but they have found their quarterback. Florida had a good quarter against Georgia, but that was about it. What do you make here? Texas A&M minus three at home. A&M has had trouble stopping the run this year and also, but when you look at Florida, they've had trouble pretty much everywhere on defense. So I think that's the question here. Can Florida continue to run the ball much like Ole Miss did last week? You mentioned Connor Wigman, Evan Stewart, the offense for A&M looked different early on. And then of course they nearly came back and made it, uh, you know, came back and won the game. So uh, it's a tough call. You know, I've seen it three and a half. If you can maybe get the hook there too, as well. I'm just going to take the hunch. I'm going to take Billy Napier in Florida. They seem to rise up in these moments and covered. They covered last week uh, against Georgia. So I'll take them on the road as well. And what I think should be a pretty close game. It's fascinating that Billy Napier in year number one is here at four and four and Jimbo Fisher in year number five is here at three and five. Like it's just, it's a very, it's a very strange, like it's not two ships passing in the night kind of deal, but it feels so strange. Um, I was burnt last week on AM. You had Ole Miss minus the points. You were right. Even though if it was just by one point, you were right. Uh, Vegas always knows. I'll stick with the Aggies. It's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I will stick with the Aggies. Florida just is so inconsistent sometimes. So um, not that, not that AM's not either, but uh, I'll take the Aggies. I just think, Wigman with a week of practice building up to this game. Um, it, the, the talent level is a little different, you know, Napier cleaning house with Brenton Cox, just kicking him off the team. Basically. Uh, maybe there's more going on there after a Georgia game, uh, beating up a little bit hard to get up road game. Give me a and M here. They've got to be, there's gotta be some pride here to break the losing streak. So give me the Aggies Tennessee plus eight against Georgia in the game of the year of the century of the week of, of, of our lifetime in Athens plus eight. J.E. Dunn, smart decision of the week, Braden. I'm taking Tennessee to cover against Georgia. Um, on the straight-up version, I would pick Georgia. I think this is this one will certainly live up to the hype, much like Tennessee and Alabama did. Love the matchups to watch. Love to see if, what Georgia can do on defense to slow down Hendon Hooker. Interested to see what Stetson Bennett does against Tennessee's secondary. Uh, but I think Tennessee, even though it's on the road, even though I doubt whether, whether or not their defense can get enough stops to win this game, I think Tennessee keeps it close, and that is that is my J.E. Dunn smart decision of the week. Man, I... Literally nothing would surprise me in this matchup. Can you stop the run with four or five guys if you're Georgia? Can you limit the big plays? Can you get red zone stops? Can Tennessee handle the environment on the road? Can Tennessee do it again against a more complete, more cohesive, more talented, better coached defense than anybody they've played probably all season, maybe even including Alabama? I just I, I'm I'm buying the confidence in the rocket ship here. Give me the eight points in Tennessee. So I'm with you on that one. Uh LS or no, Liberty. At Arkansas, Hugh Freeze, the next Auburn head football coach, getting 13 and a half points against Arkansas. Um, the Razorbacks at home and quietly kind of you know, creeping back into their trying to hit their over their over win total. A win here would give them a really good chance at hitting that over win total. And they are a 13 and a half point favorite. Who you got? 13 and a half is a lot. You know, keep in mind when you look at this Liberty team, they have played up to teams. They have played down to teams. They barely beat Gardner Webb. They almost beat Wake Forest. They're a hard team to get a read on. Um, I do think the good thing, if you're Arkansas, the re you know, kind of getting back on track, beating BYU, beating Auburn, like the way that KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders have been playing the last few weeks. I'll take Liberty to cover here. I think that's a lot of points. And for a team that seems to, uh, even though they turn the ball over a lot, they're a little bit vulnerable on the offensive line. I think Hugh Freeze and Liberty can at least keep this a little bit closer than that 13, 14 point spread there. 
All right, I'm buying it. I'm doing it again. We're going to disagree. I'm going to go Arkansas here. Just run the football, power football, dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides. Handle your business. It is a lot of points for a Liberty team that is now ranked in the top 25. Uh, I'm just banking on Hugh Freeze being distracted by anything. You know, could be, could be, you know, Robert, he's could be his cell phone, you know, go, you know, ringing off the hook from God knows what. Who knows? God probably is the only one that actually knows, actually, for Hugh Freeze. Um, I'm going to take Arkansas minus the 13 and a half. Alabama, LSU, Baton Rouge, I, you know, one of the largest, best football games of the last decade and a half has turned into second fiddle this weekend with Tennessee and Georgia. But I do think LSU is very hot. They're at home. I will take the 13 and a half and LSU. I think they've got a quarterback who's playing his best football of his career, probably. And I think Denbrock is calling the right plays at the right time to, to let Jaden Daniels be successful. They've got big time weapons that can take advantage of Alabama on the outside. They got a defensive line that can pressure Alabama's rushing attack and force them into being one dimensional. I do not think LSU wins outright, but I think LSU keeps it real close. Give me the Tigers plus the 13 and a half. I like LSU as well, Braden. And if we can give a second J.E. Dunn smart decision of the week, I'm going to play LSU All right. to cover that as well. I, I think for the big reason is that this game is is on the road. It's at you know it's in Death Valley. It's at night. We know Alabama's had trouble uh, the last two years on the road. Even though I think Alabama's the better team, I think that spreads probably too much for an Alabama team that has had issues on the road. Alabama has won ten out of the last eleven against LSU. You may remember the one that they won was the one with Joe Burrow going into Tuscaloosa and winning. I think both sides can win some battles on the line of scrimmage. And I love the quarterback battle between Jaden Daniels and Bryce Young. Alabama is the better team, but I think LSU covers. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is going to be running for his life. That's the big area of concern if you're an LSU fan is how do we block anybody? I mean, that's that's the major concern, but it's been a concern all season. And it feels like Jaden Daniels is finally figuring out how to run the offense behind that offensive line. Um, doesn't mean they're going to beat Alabama. I would not be surprised at an outright win, though. I just this Alabama team is just playing with fire every year on the road. They've lost twice now, A and M last year, Tennessee this year. I, I would not be surprised if they come out of here with an outright loss and are eliminated from the playoff race. Uh, Auburn, Mississippi State, <laughs> the John Cohen Bowl, of course. Of course, they're playing each other. Of course, you fired Brian Harson on Nick Saban's birthday. Of of course, just of course to all of it. Um. I'm going to take Mississippi State minus the 13. There's two There's two ways to look at this. Auburn's players have played really tough all year in the face of all this craziness. And now they're free of the shackles of Brian Harson, and they're going to play fast and loose and free and confident, and that's why you would take Auburn. The other side of it is Cadillac Williams is the head coach. They have no like coordinators, and Mississippi State's a pretty darn good football team at home, and now all the players are looking around going, now what do we do? At Auburn, so I'm gonna go the I'm gonna go with the latter, not the former, and I'm gonna take Mississippi State minus the 13. I think you you hit on well, something that I'm kind of interested in this game is you know the interim coach scenario, which has worked out well for a lot of teams this year in college football. You sort of get a rebound has, yeah. from from the interim coach. The only problem with that is I think if you're Auburn, like you said, I mean you just lost Brian Harson, Eric Kiesau, uh, who was the offensive coordinator. Those two did, did most of the offensive game planning and, and play calling, I would assume. So now you have an, a scenario where you're losing uh, coaches and you're going, you're doing this on a short week. You're not doing it on a bye week. So I think Cadillac will probably have these guys ready to play. They'll be fired up. But I think once the game sets in, I think Mississippi State just too much yeah. offense. Yeah, I think once it goes, once it gets going, and all of a sudden. 
the air raid is flying everywhere and <laughs> Will Rogers is slinging it. And you're like, what do we do? And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm with you on that one. Um, the toughest, I think this might be the toughest one of the entire week. South Carolina minus seven at Vanderbilt because we have no freaking clue what South Carolina is from week to week. Uh, I said it last week on the show with Aaron on the, on the big show this, that week. Like I don't, I apologize to you, South Carolina. You're doing good work. I apologize to Shane Beamer, but I don't really think you're particularly good at some of the most things football related. I, that showed up against Missouri. I I kind of want to pick Vandy here, but it feels like, Stephen, <laughs> this is very analytical and very scientific. I just think South Carolina just like waffles back and forth. Like they just, one week they're good. The next week they forgot how to play. The next week they, oh, we remembered how to play. Then they forgot how to play. Then we remember how. I'll take South Carolina minus a seven, I guess. I don't know. I guess we're going to disagree in this one because I'm going to take Vanderbilt. I feel like I keep picking them and they've covered a few times this year. October 19th, 2019 was the last (laughs) SEC win by Vanderbilt. If you look at their schedule, this is probably the most gettable game for them the rest of the year. I think it's also South Carolina's most winnable game the rest of the way to get to a bowl game. So a lot of motivation. Four of the last seven in this series decided by 10 points or less. Vanderbilt's at home. Off the bye week, I'll take them to cover. If you can get it seven and a half, even better. I like South Carolina to win, but I'll play uh, Vanderbilt at home off the off week with a struggling South Carolina offense coming to town. How, how many games will feature like a linebacker running back matchup like this one? With, yeah, with, not many. <laughs> or Orgy versus Lloyd. Like that's as good as it gets, man. Like, yeah, just like all the other players in the field get out of the way. Let's just go. Uh, let's go Oklahoma drill. Like right. middle middle linebacker for Vanderbilt, tailback for South Carolina. Let's see what we're doing here. Uh, let's go to town. I you're probably right. You have been right again. Fifteen and seven in the last four weeks. You were four and one last week. You were thirty seven twenty nine and one. You were dominating. I was two and three last week. I think four straight losing weeks. Maybe I had one winning one in there. Thirty two thirty four and one. I am underwater for the season. Only a couple games, so I could bounce back here. Uh, we both got Kentucky. You've got Florida. I've got A and M. We both have Tennessee. You have Liberty. I have Arkansas. We both have LSU. We both have Mississippi State. You have Vanderbilt. I have South Carolina. Um, make sure you check out Jay Dunn, jaydunn.com. Fringe Element brought to you by the wonderful and amazing folks at J.E. Dunn. If you're looking for a great place to go work, work for people that care about you, work for a company that will inspire you and care about your health and safety and productivity, go check out jaydunn.com. They are hiring right now all across the Southeast. You don't need experience in construction. They just want hardworking people that care about the team. So go check out J.E. Dunn. Make a smart decision about your life and about your career and for your family. Go to jedunn.com. Look at their career opportunities. And just tell them that we sent you here at 440 Sports. So jedunn.com. Steven, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Athlon Steven. You can check out my work at athlonsports.com. And on the YouTube, all CFB365. All CFB365 on the YouTube. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. You can get to me at Braden Gall. Please turn on all the notifications on the YouTube page, on the Twitter sphere, at 440 Sports, at Braden Gall. You got the YouTube, all the stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate you guys for supporting us. And please go check out J.E. Dunn. For Steven Lassen, I'm Braden. Enjoy week number 10. We'll be back next week. This has been Fringe Element, War Against the Spread, here on the 440 Sports Network.